Providing real solutions for real industry challenges. Welcome to FNF Unplugged, the talk of the title industry. Well, thanks everyone for joining us again today here for another edition of FNF Unplugged. And uh, very happy to have as our guest today, Eric Byro. Eric is uh, one of the co-founders of Anderson Byro in uh, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio, the city of trees. And Anderson Byro has been a leader, perhaps the leader, in uh, employee placement uh, in the title and settlement industry, as well as other uh, resources for a number of years. And uh, Eric, I understand that you're... Uh, Coming to us today from beautiful Tampa, where uh, you spoke uh, at Alta Springboard. Made some introductions at Alta Springboard, but didn't do a lot of uh, a lot of speaking other than that. Although it is it is nice down here in sunny Florida, not as sunny as Cleveland, Ohio, but it's uh, it is beautiful down here today. Few places are as sunny as Cleveland. We know that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, so, uh, and, and, you know, just, uh, by way of, uh, sort of starting things off and again, sort of a standard question that we ask of our guests, you know, how did you get into this line of work? This is probably not something that, uh, uh, when you were six years old, you think, well, maybe I'll be a fireman or maybe I'll get involved with employee placement in the title and settlement industry. Yeah, we didn't. And back in high school, we weren't talking a whole ton about title insurance. So it wasn't until college. And uh, it, it was absolutely not at John Carroll. But while I was at John Carroll University in the early 2000s, uh, my senior year, I ended up in an internship at a recruiting firm. At the time, it was AHRA run by Ted Howard. And uh, that evolved from an internship to full blown, running a full-blown recruiting desk for Ted for about four and a half years. And we did, at that time, we did recruiting primarily for underwriters, primarily on the East Coast for, for middle level and senior management positions. And uh, after a couple failed attempts to acquire the business in 2006, it went off in 2007, we formed Anderson Biro. And in April, we will turn um, 15 years old and we're now doing recruiting nationwide for underwriters, agents, and vendors that support the industry. And we are working on positions from contract roles through middle management, all the way up to presidents and CEOs. Well, I think that all-inclusive sort of position that you have really is unique in our area because there are a lot of people who do management recruiting, but when it gets into operational recruiting, um, you guys are really superlative at that. And and talking about recruiting and talking about where we are today in regard to uh, employee placement and employee recruiting, you know, we hear a lot about you know the so-called great resignation. There are a lot of conflicting stories about the truth of that, but but what have you been seeing, especially in the last eighteen months, as to its uh, existence in the title and settlement industry? Absolutely. And let, let's talk about, you know, there's lots of definitions for the great resignation. We see it as no doubt an upheaval of the workforce. Prior to COVID at any one time, we would see between 10 and 12% of the workforce either looking or interested in leaving. We are now seeing numbers well north of 50% of folks that we talk to that are either interested in looking around or are looking around. So those numbers are are, as you can imagine, 
pretty insane numbers, pretty daunting numbers when we talk about how do we find people to fill these roles and, and uh, you know, is the current staff that we have out there. So we do see this great resignation inside of title. We can look sector to sector and, and, and try to figure out where is it affected most. And we do see that in production-related individuals, folks that can be remote-based, folks that are doing multi-state work, whether they're doing residential or commercial, whether they're doing refinances or purchases, that sector, production folks doing national work, that sector has been most affected by the Great Resignation because those folks now can move more, they can easily move like they've never moved before from position A to position B versus somebody that is working at a local level in a smaller town where there might be three or four title companies. Well, and talking about that remote work and, and you, you know, talk about production, which obviously title production in, in the world in which we live, uh, you can live uh, pretty much out in the country as long as you've got strong internet. And since we do have uh, so many uh, courthouses and repositories of uh, data that can be drawn remotely, on the escrow and settlement side, do you see that remote work still holding up? I mean, so much of it had to happen when COVID hit, but are you seeing a return to the office at all or hearing about a return to the office in regard to the settlement people who historically have been in the office? Yeah, absolutely. You know, during COVID, it was the offices were forced to shut down, right? You could not have people in the office. We did have some some clients were doing parking lot closings, which was uh a good way to, get to, to keep the volumes up. But yes, we are seeing the localized purchase marketplace. Those folks are coming back to the office. Uh, we do think that's positive for the industry. It helps to uh, retain talent, right? Because you have uh, more connectivity to the individual. But we are seeing companies bring folks back into the office if they're doing particularly local residential purchase transactions. And following on that just a little bit, are you hearing or seeing any resistance from people who may be recruits that you're talking to about coming back into offices? Are they saying, well, you know, I really don't want to do that again, um, or uh, I really prefer to stay at home? Are you, are you getting any of that sense from people? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the changing dynamics of the workday. And um, sometimes it works and, and sometimes it doesn't. And whether you work at a recruiting firm or you work at a title company, you have to you know, provide selling points on why it's uh, why to return to the office, right? Why it makes sense to do that. And we, again, we don't see it in all roles, but we're having to, to push people a little bit to get them to come back into the office and kind of come back to a normal, a normal workday, right? In the office by eight, you know, likely not out at five. <laughs> So, <laughs> especially at the end of the month. Yeah, it sounds like donuts and pizza lunches aren't going to be enough to get uh, people back into the office uh, if they just are choosing not to come back into the office. Employer retention has, uh, well, it's been an issue in our industry going back to before COVID. You know, what are you seeing as to successes in employer retention and, and where are you seeing failures and what should title and settlement providers do to retain skilled employees? What steps are available to them? This comes down to investing in your employees, plain and simple. And it goes back to the very first day that you interview candidates. If you're selling a job, 
you may end up attracting the person, but you're not going to be as successful as retaining them is if you sell them a career and a career path. One of the biggest negatives we see in employee retention are companies that only focus on the transactional day-to-day, what the numbers look like, how we get deals in, how we get deals out. And that's the only thing that matters. We will continue to have high turnover at entities like that. But folks that invest in their employees and create career paths for their employees and allow them to participate in the growth of the company, particularly from a strategic standpoint, those companies have really good success at retaining their employees, specifically their skilled employees. As an example, we have a customer out there, and we've used this as well, that will perform quarterly rock reviews or quarterly rock goals. And they're not so much reviews of the person's performance day to day, but it's buckets and it's goals that are created to invest in the employees and to follow through quarter by quarter. So for an example of a rock goal, we've done this, one of our our customers have done this again, is sending folks, for example, to, to get their Microsoft certifications in Excel and PowerPoint. And that's a skill set that, yes, benefits what we do day to day, but also is a hard skill set for the employee. Matt Rodriguez in our office did this. And he did two Microsoft certifications. And now if he ever does decide to leave us, he has an added skill set that he can add into his resume. If you invest in your employees, you will retain your employees, plain and simple. Well, I think that's so important. And and I know that when I ran a large title agency uh, in uh, the Cincinnati metro area, one thing which we used to do is that we would send our settlement and escrow people to lender seminars, specifically some of the FHA seminars. And uh, when we started doing that, I'd get questions like, why are you sending me to these seminars? Because this isn't what I do on a day-to-day basis. And it's like, well, if you don't understand your customers' issues, how can you help them? Mm-hmm. And so it was a great success for us as well, because quite often uh, our title and settlement and escrow personnel would catch issues in FHA uh, loans that actually the lender had not caught. So yeah, I, you know, I, I think that you know investing and training your personnel so that they really uh, have a broader understanding, not just of what they do day to day, but also what their, their customers are facing on a regular basis. Absolutely. And remember, most employees are not owners, correct? So if you invest in them, they invest in you. And although they don't become owners, they can sometimes have a, have a feeling of ownership of the entity. And in our space, insurance, right? That, there can be a huge benefit to it, to, like you're saying, catching errors that may occur during the transaction versus the person that's just sitting at a desk being forced to transaction after transaction after transaction and uh, just doesn't work very well that way. And to that point as well, you know, inclusion of uh, employees and staff in uh, day-to-day management decisions. Now, obviously, if you're an owner, you've got management decisions that the staff probably should not participate in, but uh, day-to-day operational I presume you're seeing a lot of that in the successful title agencies as far as including their personnel in those discussions as versus just mandating what gets done? Absolutely. I was chatting down here in Tampa. Yesterday I was chatting with Brad and Wayne from Bowie Digital. And although 
they're uh, not a, a, a title underwriter agency grade vendor that's a, that supports the space. And they were talking about their annual seminar and retreat that they have. And they bring all of their staff into one location over a two or three day period and really start breaking down what is working and what is not working for their customers, the vendors that they're using. And it allows everybody to have a say in how Bowie moves and acts on a day-to-day basis. They bring a lot of interns in. And then those interns become employees of the organization. So at a young age, these folks are having a say in in how Bowie becomes more successful. And that's a powerful tool. Now, that doesn't work for every size entity doing a retreat like that. If you're a, a sizable title agency or an underwriter, you can break it into regions and do retreats. But we think it's important to get folks on the same page. And the only way to do that is to have open communication. Well, I think that's so important, and, and you're absolutely right. And that that idea of having, you know, the the old term is a retreat, but some sort of a meeting where uh, everybody gets involved, and everybody talks about what the issues are, and with an open and free flow discussion. That there are no wrong suggestions, there are no wrong questions. That everything can be discussed. It's it's how everybody learns. I know that uh, again when I ran agencies. Quite often, I really didn't understand some of the day-to-day problems until I sat down with the settlement staff and they're like, yeah, here's a common problem we're routinely having. And that's how we were able to fix it because I would have never even known unless I had talked to them. And on the hiring side, you know, what sort of employee skill sets are your clients looking for most often? You talked about production. And when looking to add staff, what do you tell your clients as to what attracts, especially skilled staff and managers? Good question, because this this goes well beyond dollars, hard dollars, and, and that that's always an attractor to get folks in the door. Our customers and clients are looking for experience. That's number one. But if that's not the case, and, and we're, we're trying to do a better job of of educating the industry, providing training materials to the industry, and Alta's done a great job of this, of bringing fresh talent into the marketplace. So when when our clients do that, there are two factors that they really consider, two that we really break down. And one is technology and a focus on technology and experience around using systems to do what you do day to day. And then somebody that has high customer service experience, somebody that is thinking about customer service and and how to interact with customers on a day-to-day basis, regardless of if they're forward-facing or not. So those are the two, technology and customer service. Those are two things that we see the most when we're bringing fresh blood into the industry. No doubt, experience matters in in this space. And uh, that's still number one for what we're asked to find and what we see out there in the industry as well, even when we're not involved. Are you hearing, and and say this is again a question that just occurred to me, are you hearing or seeing people looking to enter our industry who may be coming out of other fields? And you talk about customer service, and I just think back that a couple of people I hired, I hired because I literally met them when they were servers or waiters or waitresses at restaurants and was impressed by their customer service. And and obviously, you know, food service, that's a hard industry. You know, we're talking about the title industry and early morning hours and staying until sometimes uh, after dark, even in the summertime. But uh, out of that restaurant, 
food service and hospitality industry. I mean, so many people have left that. Are, are you seeing any sort of uh, sort of transitioning out of other walks of life into title, or do we still remain something of a mystery? It's a mixed bag for sure. I, I think a majority of it is we are still an industry that folks do not recognize day to day and have not grown up to learn about the title insurance industry. On the legal side, we do field a lot of folks and a lot of calls and a lot of messages and emails for folks that do want to come in to do either transactional work in attorney states or do underwriting in all of the states. But for the most part, it's an industry people people do not know. Now, that being said, the underwriters and the agents are doing a much better job on social media of creating their social media accounts, showing off their company, showing off their culture. And this has helped to highlight the title insurance industry. And this is something that we really stress when trying to attract talent is it goes well beyond, I know someone down the street and I'll throw them a huge signing bonus. It's the you know, behind the scenes approach of showing off the culture of your company via social media and using that to attract talent that folks that you don't even know in the marketplace, whether they're in the business or not. Well, and I would be remiss here too. You had mentioned Ulta at FNF. We have a, a large library of resources put together by Linda Grahovic and Elizabeth Berg in particular, but by a number of people and some of our regional people in our agency division to do just what you're describing, to familiarize people with our industry, both consumers and potential employees, but also to help employers and employees you know, develop themselves, continue to advance themselves and to assist on just the types of issues that uh, you're describing. So again, shameless plug here, but uh, anyone who's an FNF agent, if you don't know where at the FNF uh, website, where to go in and find some of these things, such as in the lead program, please reach out to your FNF agency representative. They can help you with that. Corporate culture, you talked about that. And again, a lot of our resources talk about corporate culture and it runs through all of this. I mean, what is the best use of corporate culture to attract and retain employees. You touched on, you know, the social media aspects of it. And say, you know, the first meeting with a new employee who has just joined the company, how does the new employer really transmit and uh, let that new employee understand what the corporate culture is and how it functions? We do a lot with our customers around involvement of the team. Not so much in the interview process. So we don't bring in, you know, peers or into the meetings, right, during the interview process. But we we do recommend a lot of team lunches or happy hours during the interview process. So if you're selling a job, you can find talent. You can fill holes. Again, if you're looking for career-oriented people, you have to sell careers. And one way to do that is culture, right? Sell the culture of your entity. So if you can bring in four or five people from the branch or from a, from a regional or corporate office and involve them in the interview process. Now the candidate is seeing firsthand what your culture is like. So we talked about social media, right? Behind the scenes, always out there, but you can show off culture in those meetings, in a lunch, in a happy hour. And we always recommend that when possible. Well, and you know, highlighting individual employees, uh, that's one thing that uh, one of our agents I know that uh, I've worked with for years in Michigan, 
and I'll just mention them by name, Lighthouse Title, that they've done, uh, I think, an incredible job, Bob Werfel and his group, that you know, they open a new office and uh, the social media is a picture of everybody who works in that office. And there's focus on the individuals and there's always focus on the team in regard to uh, changes in, in offices. If they move an office, uh, again, expand as, as they are. And as we see so many title agencies uh, looking to expand uh, beyond perhaps what has been their traditional territory or to uh, have more offices. But that seems to me to be very effective, too. And, and I hear and, yeah, and I'm wondering absolutely. if you are from from those employees you know, how how much they really regard that, that's like, gee whiz, you know, these people think enough of me, they put me on the website. Chuck, everyone's not like a rock star like you, where you, you know, everyone knows you <laughs> and you're out there, right? So if you can, if the underwriters and the, if the agents can, when they hire somebody, do a press release, right? You can do a press release with Alta. You can do a press release with, you know, October Research through the title report and show off, hey, this is who we hired. This is the, the, the branch that they're going into. That recognition will go a long way for that person. And it doesn't sales, leader, processor, closer. If you're an agent, I mean, we, we really recommend doing that early, right off the bat, as soon as, soon as you make the hire, put the press release out there. And uh, that employee is going to, they're going to feel that love for sure. Well, and, and you've also talked about, uh, too, in regard to, um, you know, just, well, uh, money. And by the way, thank you for calling me a rock star, but I'm an extremely minor rock star, I can tell you that. So uh, that's uh, only only in certain neighborhoods and certain very certain lounges and low end clubs. But uh, but in regard to uh, you know the, the the bottom line, which is the bottom line could be money. Uh, you know, a local pizza place here in Cincinnati has a sign that they're looking for pizza delivery drivers starting at twenty dollars an hour. What are you seeing as to those salary pressures in the hiring in our industries? And and what other benefits can employers offer or bring in to maybe supplement and complement the salary? Uh, what's attractive to those prospective employees? Absolutely. This is the kind of the, the number one issue we've been chatting about here um, behind the scenes at, at Springboard are the the base salary numbers that have hit kind of starting before COVID and still continuing to this day, the increases in those base salaries. So traditionally, you know, pre-COVID, we saw increases up to, you know, 5%, 10% if you're, if you're trying to attract talent. Now we're seeing entities between 20 and 75% in some cases having to either retain talent or attract talent in the marketplace. And these numbers, you know, are, are, are well above the inflation rate. And there's reasons for this, right? There's there's volume pressures in our industry. It's the market's been good. Volumes have been high, and inflation has done this as well. So, given that, what can entities do? What can the agents do out there? So, although we are seeing folks return to the office, the the remote abilities are still the number one attraction beyond compensation to attract talent, sometimes to retain talent. So we are working with entities and the agents out there to see if there are possibilities for them to uh, to have, you know, have folks that are remote. And that's big beyond, again, beyond hard dollars, beyond signing bonuses, which are huge in the process. And then I think second to that goes, goes back to a, a point I tried to make a little earlier of if you're selling a job, 
you may get the position filled. If you're selling a career and how somebody can have input, and if you can show them a career path, that is far going to outweigh any sort of ancillary benefits that'll that'll make the deal look better. Well, I think that career path discussion, it is very critical in our industry. It's critical sort of on two folds as I see it. And maybe you can touch on this too as to what you may have seen. But uh, first of all, it's to get people into the industry, young people, uh, that would be good because uh, again, uh, underwriters, for example, underwriting attorneys, I think that uh, you know probably the median age is like 64 to get people into that uh, walk of life. But also too, you know, inclusion and uh, diversity in our industry. It's so important. You know, the MBA reported uh, a few months ago that all the growth in the housing industry for the next 20 years will be in minority homebuyers. And uh, to bring in that diversity and inclusion, what are you seeing in regard to that? Is that a question that prospective employers quite often ask in regard to, gee, how can I do this? How can I diversify my staff? What, what are you seeing and hearing in regard to that? We're definitely seeing some of that. And that usually involves bringing kind of new folks into the business, right? So we do see a lot of agents going to local community colleges and trying to attract talent, trying to increase the diversity inside of their staff. And um, our industry is evolving. The United States is evolving, right? We're becoming a, a more diverse country. And our industry sees that. And, and, and we understand the need, as you say, to represent the, uh, the home buyers of the future. We do see it at the ground level, bringing in folks into the space, finding local resources, typically at other college or community colleges, and trying to get folks in, in the door. And we're doing a, a better job. Still a lot of work to be done in certain parts of the country, but I think we're doing a better job as an industry as a whole to become more diverse. Well, Eric, I really thank you for your time. Say, I know you're on the road here uh, working from your hotel room as uh, well as you and I do on a regular basis. When I think of rock stars in uh, the area of employee placement and uh, jobs and so forth, I mean, you're it. Uh, so, uh, thank, <laughs> well, I, I <laughs> so, so I, I'm sure we will see, you know, uh, you know, probably at some point your desk and, uh, uh, your laptop will be, uh, some display at the rock and roll hall of fame there in uh, Cleveland. It's just a matter of time. Absolutely. One day I'm, I'm sure that'll become <laughs> a reality, but I do, I listen, I appreciate the, the kind words and I um, appreciate the, uh, the opportunity and the invitation to, to come and, and chat. These, these are important issues. There are lot, lots of pressures right now on the agents specifically, you know, trying to, uh, to find and attract and, and retain talent. So I appreciate the, the invite and, uh, and, and thank you for Fidelity for, for doing that. Well, thank you, Eric. Say again, Eric Byro of Anderson Byro uh, out of uh, uh, beautiful Cleveland, Ohio. Sunny and Cleveland, Ohio. Sunny Cleveland, Ohio. It is, it is absolutely, uh, you know, a gorgeous place uh, uh, all year round uh, on America's North Shore, as they used to like to say. So again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much to our listeners. 
here today. We hope uh, that this has been uh, of assistance to you and edifying in regard to uh, a serious issue in regard to our industry, in regard to uh, recruiting and uh, attracting uh, new employees into uh, our industry as well as retaining our existing skilled employees. So again, thank you, Eric. Thanks to everyone for listening and uh, hope you all have a great day. If you have questions, comments, or would like us to feature a specific topic, email fnfeducation at fnf.com. Thanks for downloading FNF Unplugged, a presentation of the FNF family of companies. All rights reserved. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent, including Fidelity National Financial or its directors. Please seek legal or financial advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.